want to invite you to uh, turn in your Bible to uh, Judges chapter 7. Judges chapter 7. And uh, we will begin at verse number 1. All right, so Judges chapter 7, beginning at verse number 1. So uh, while you're turning there, let me just kind of remind you that we are in the middle of a series uh, from the life of Gideon. And uh, we're doing a four-part sermon series on Gideon, and uh, this is sermon number three in the series. Now, as we get started today, I want you to think about underdogs, all right? You know, there's been some great movies about underdogs. I'm going to put some images up on the wall, and uh, I I never know how well you can see these images. Anybody know what movie that's from? I heard The Karate Kid, all right? And if you remember that movie, uh, you know, Daniel LaRusso, he's the new kid in town. Uh, Some kids that know karate are giving him a hard time. And so Daniel LaRusso gets Mr. Miyagi to teach him karate. He ends up going to the uh, All-Valley Karate Tournament. And and he's the underdog. You know, he, he makes it to the finals, but he's the underdog. He gets... He gets hurt in the competition, he can, he can barely walk, and, um, and he's the underdog. He's going against the defending champion, Johnny Lawrence, and if you've watched the movie, you know how it ends. Daniel LaRusso uh, uses the crane kick, and he wins the karate tournament, all right? The underdog comes out on top, all right? Let me show you another underdog. Uh, let's look at the next slide. Uh, this is Rocky Balboa. All right, and in just about all the Rocky movies, Rocky Balboa is the underdog. First, it was fighting against Apollo Creed, and then it was Cleo. All right, so and by Mr. T, and then it was the Russian uh, Drago. All right, so in just about all the Rocky movies, he's the underdog. All right, and then there's some some movies uh, that are based on true stories. Here's here's an underdog movie. We'll put the next. Slide up on the wall. This is Rudy. How many of you have seen that movie? All right, the the walk on uh, that you know Rudy's the walk on at Notre Dame, and he gets to dress one game his senior season, and uh, you know he makes a tackle, he gets carried off the field, the crowd's chanting Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. Again, the underdog comes out on top. All right, and then there's some you know real life. You know, events with underdogs. Here's one. Uh, Let's put this image up on the wall. Uh, This is from the 1980 Miracle on Ice. The U.S. You know, they they played in the semifinals against the Russians and the United States team. Huge underdogs against the Russians. A couple of weeks before the Olympics, the Russians had defeated the Americans 10 to 3. But in the semifinals, the Americans meet beat the mighty Russians four to three. Again, the underdog comes back on top. And here's one that's a little close to home. Uh, This is when the Saints won the Super Bowl, all right? And going into the game, they were underdogs, all right? And and I looked it up. I think the the final line, they they were, uh, the, the Colts were favored by five, and it might as well have been 55. Because all the analysts thought that Peyton Manning and the Colts 
We're going to whip up on the saints. But again, the underdogs come out on top. All right? Now, here's, here's my point with all that. All right? Gideon, he's the underdog. All right? he, he is weak. He is the least in his family. Uh, the message paraphrase refers to Gideon as the runt of the litter. All right? He has fear. He has doubts. Right, he's the Barney Fife of the judges. All right, Gideon is the underdog. All right, the, the nation of Israel. All right, they're the underdogs in Judges chapter 7. They've got 35,000 soldiers and they're going against an army of 135,000 troops. And by the time the battle starts... Israel is going to be down to 300 troops going against 135,000 troops. All right, the nation of Israel is the underdog. And uh, one commentator put it like this, it's not a lesser team going up against a better team. This is the story of a powerless team going up against the mightiest force in the region. It would be the equivalent today of a JV football team kicking off against the New Orleans Saints tonight on Sunday night football. All right, Gideon is the underdog. The nation of Israel, they're the underdogs. But Gideon... And the nation of Israel, they have God on their side. And, and what we're going to see this morning is that God can do a lot with a little. All right, that's our theme for today. God can do a lot with a little. So let's go ahead and stand for the reading of God's word. Uh, we're going to begin reading Judges chapter 7, verse 1. Then Jeroboam, uh, that is Gideon, and all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the well of Herod, so that the camp of the Midianites was on the north side of them by the hill of Marat in the valley. And the Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, My own hand has saved me. Now therefore proclaim in the hearing of the people, saying, Whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead. And 22,000 of the people returned, and 10,000 remained. But the Lord said to Gideon, The people are still too many. Bring them down to the water, and I will test them for you there. Then it will be that of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you, the same shall go with you. And of whomever I say to you, this one shall not go with you, the same shall not go. So he brought the people down to the water, and the Lord said to Gideon, Everyone who laps from the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set him apart by himself. Likewise, everyone who gets down on his knee to drink. And the number of those who lap putting their hand to their mouth, was 300 men, but all the rest of the people got down on their knees to drink water. Then the Lord said to Gideon, By the three, all the other people go, every man will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hand. Let all the other people go, every man to his own place. And so the people took provisions and their trumpets in their hands. 
And he sent away all the rest of Israel, every man to his tent, and retained those 300 men. Now the camp of Midian was below him in the valley. Now skip down to verse 15. All right, skip down to verse 15. And so it was, when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation, that he worshipped. He returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord has delivered the camp of Midian into your hand. And then he divided the 300 men into three companies, and he put a trumpet in every man's hand with empty pitchers and torches inside the pitchers. And he said to them, Look at me and do likewise. Watch, and when I come to the edge of the camp, and shall, you shall do as I do. When I blow the trumpet, I and all who are with me, then you also blow the trumpets on every side of the whole camp and say, The sword of the Lord and Gideon. Look at verse 19. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just as they had, they had posted the watch, and they blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers that were in their hands. Then the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers. They held the torches in their left hand and the trumpets in their right hands for blowing, and they cried, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon and every man stood in his place all around the camp and the whole army ran and cried out and fled and when the 300 blew their trumpets the Lord set every man's sword against his companion throughout the whole camp and the army fled you may be seated all right so again what we see there what we just read about all right God can do a lot with a little all right, now, we've got some sermon notes in the, in the worship folder. There's two things we're going to look at this morning. Here's point number one. We have very little to offer God. All right, that's point number one. We have very little to offer God. All right, make sure you got that. Point number one, we have very little to offer God. God. You know, the, the army of Israel, you know, they, they are little. They are small in comparison to the army of the Midianites, right? So you've got Israel on this side, they got 32,000, and the Midianites, they have 135,000. All right, the nation of outnumbered four to one they're outnumbered four to one and look what God says in verse two and the Lord said to Gideon the people who are with you are too many and in other words God is saying to Gideon you got too many soldiers now, I don't know about you, but it doesn't look like God's math adds up here. All right. Israel, they're outnumbered 4 to 1. It's 32,000 to 135,000. And God says to Gideon, you've got too many soldiers. Look at verse 3. Now, therefore, proclaim in the hearing of the people, saying, Whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Gilead. So Gideon announces, hey, if you're afraid, you can leave. And when I read verse 3, you know, I, I kind of wonder about Gideon. You know, we read about all his fears last week. 
I wonder after Gideon made that announcement, if he just tried to slip away quietly and God said, Gideon, I wasn't talking to you. You're the leader. you got to stay. All right? So, bottom line, 22,000 walk away in fear. All right? So Israel's army, they're down to 10,000 soldiers. All right, a few minutes ago, they're outnumbered 4 to 1. Now they're outnumbered 14 to 1. But look what happens next. Look at verse 4. But the Lord said to Gideon, the people are still too many. God said to Gideon again, hey, you still got too many soldiers. And, you know, we read here, they, they do this water test. And to make a long story short, Israel's army is down to 300 soldiers. A few minutes ago, they're outnumbered 4 to 1, then it was 14 to 1, now it's 450 to 1. All right. This army of Israel, they have very little to offer God. Their leader is Barney Fife. And there's only 300 soldiers in the army. Israel has very little to offer God. And then in verse 16, I want you to see. Then he divided the 300 men into three companies. He put a trumpet into every man's hand with empty pitchers and torches inside the pitchers. All right, so that's their weapons for battle. They've got trumpets. They've got torches, and they've got um, pit, empty pitchers or empty jars. All right, that's their weapons. Think of it like this. Um, I know a pastor who, one time he pastored in Clinton, Mississippi. I have no idea where he's pastoring now, but uh, I remember him telling the story that uh, one night, or one late one evening, him and his wife, they're sitting on their back patio, just enjoying the evening. And out from under one of the kids' play toys, a snake slithers across their back patio. And they just kind of watch the snake in shock. They can't believe that it's crawled out from under their child's toy. And so it eventually slithers into the, the next door neighbor's yard, and they don't you know, snake's gone. So, you know, they, they start talking about the snake, and the pastor's wife said, look, we, we got to do something. We can't have a snake in our yard. I mean, what if our kid would have picked up this toy, and they picked up the toy, and there was a snake curled up? And the preacher was like, look, next time you're at Walmart, just, just get a hoe, and next time we see the snake, I will take care of it. All right? So a couple of weeks later, it's the same scenario. Pastor and his wife, they're sitting on the back patio, enjoying the evening, and out from one under the toys, the snake slithers out. So the, the preacher says, hey, quick, go get the, the hoe that you're supposed to get from Walmart. The wife runs to go get it, 
and she brings back something like this. Now, I don't know about you, but when I go into, a, if I were to go into a battle with a snake, I don't want to go into battle with this. All right, I much prefer the Sandra Moody method of killing a snake. A 410 shotgun. All right. So, the army of Israel, they don't go into battle, they go into battle with a 410 shotgun. They go into battle with this. All right. they, they don't take swords and shields. They take trumpets. They take empty pitchers or jars. They take torches. All right, so the army of Israel, I, I want you to understand this. They have very little to offer God. Their leader is the Barney Fife of Judges. They've got 300 soldiers, and they're going into battle with torches, trumpets, and empty pitchers or jars. They have very little to offer God. Now, here's the thing, right? We have very little to offer God. We have very little to offer God. You know, sometimes we think, hey, we bring a lot to the table. But in reality, we have very little to offer God. We're a lot like Gideon in this army in Israel. We have weaknesses. We have flaws. We have fears. We have doubts. Our lives are wrecked by sin. We are, we are few in number. We've got very little to offer God. But here's the thing. That's the story of every person in the Bible. Look at every person in the, in the Bible. They had very little to offer God. I think about David. You know, we, we've all heard the story. David against the giant named Goliath. And in that story, David had very little to offer God. I mean, David's a teenager with a slingshot. All right, he has very little to offer God. I, th I think about the little boy who offered Jesus his lunch. All right, and that boy had very little to offer Jesus. The Bible emphasizes that he had five small loaves to offer God. All fish. That boy had very little to offer God. And again, that is the story. Of every person in the Bible, that is the story of every believer today. We have very little to offer God. But as we're going to see in just a second, God can take that little and turn it into a lot. So let's look at point number two in your notes, all right? Point number two, uh, God can do a lot with a little. All right, that's point number two. God 
can do a lot with a little. God can do a lot with a little. So, uh, you know, if you notice from our reading today, God had an unusual battle plan for Gideon and this army. And look, if you read the Bible, unusual battle plans are kind of the norm with God. All right. So let's look at this unusual battle plan again. Look at verse 19. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch. Uh, just as they had posted the watch, and they blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers that were in their hands. Then the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers. They held the torches in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands uh, for blowing. And they cried, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. So what's going on with this battle plan? Think of it like this. Um, there's, a, there's a Star Wars movie called Rogue One. All right, and I, w- I wish I could have got downloaded the video clip, but I couldn't quite find the one I was looking for. But uh, there, there's a particular scene in the movie where uh, the good guys, the rebels, the good guys, they're on their way to an imperial base to steal the Death Star plans, if you know anything about Star Wars. All right, they're, they're on their way to steal the battle plans. All right. And, and there's like, the base is like thousands of stormtroopers, thousands of them. And there's like 10 of the good guys, all right? So before they land and try to steal the plans, you know, the, the leader, you know, gives a speech, kind of a pep talk to the, to the group. And in the pep talk, the, the leader basically says, hey, look, y'all spread out and let's make 10 men look like 100 men. That's what we've got going on here. God wants 300 men to look like 300,000 men. All right, so they surround the Midianite camp, the 300 soldiers. All right, they blow their trumpets. They throw their empty jars or pitchers onto the ground. And what I read was that the sound of those pitchers would have simulated Hundreds of thousands of swords being drawn from soldiers. All right? And then they light their torches. And in Gideon's day, one trumpet and one torch represented a battalion of soldiers. All right? And so, again, what God's doing here is he's making 300 men look like 300,000 men. And look at the result in verse 22. And when the 300 blew their trumpets, the Lord said, set every man's sword against his companion throughout the whole camp. And the army fled. All right? And, you know, it's, it's not even fair to say that the 300 defeated the 135,000. You know, this was all God. Right? This was all God. And and the point of this in Judges chapter 7 is to show that God can do a lot with a little. That's what we see here. God can do a lot with a a little. 
And that's what we see throughout the entire Bible. You know, we, we talked about David a few minutes ago going against a giant named Goliath. David had very little to offer God. I mean, he's a teenager with a slingshot. But he had God on his side. And look at what David says in 1 Samuel 17, 45 through 46. We'll put this verse up on the wall. It's also in your sermon notes. And then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. And we all know what happened. Goliath was defeated by a teenager with a slingshot. And again, the point, God can do a lot with a little. Little boy, we also mentioned a few minutes ago about the boy that brought, little boy that brought five small loaves and, 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 five, and two small fishes. And Jesus took those loaves and he took those fish and he fed 5,000. You see, God can do a lot with a little. Years ago, I, I saw Mr. Rupert Breland use this illustration at Children's Church. And I'm not going to do it exactly like he did it, but the, the idea came from him, all right? Um, all right, so I've got a, I've got a baseball hint. All right. Now, if I were standing on the pitcher's mound and had to throw to the to the to the catcher, um, I'll be honest with you. I don't know if I could if I could make it to the catcher. All right. If I could make the throw to the catcher, I would be lucky if I could throw a baseball thirty miles an hour. All right. I'd be lucky. But you put this baseball in Roger Clemens's hands. 7 Cy Youngs, 354 wins, a World Series championship, a Hall of Fame career. All right. Next, I've got a, a basketball. All right. And the last time that uh, I tried to play basketball with a group of people. I ended up in the ER with a dislocated pinky finger. All right, so that tells you what kind of basketball player I am. But you put this basketball in LeBron James's hands, three NBA championships, eight um, straight NBA finals. All right. I've also got... A football. All right. Now again, I, you know, if I were if I were to throw this football, I would be lucky if I could probably throw it 20, 30 yards. All right. I'm just gonna be honest with you. Um, but you put this football in Drew Brees' hands. All-time leading passer in the NFL. Super Bowl champion who changed a franchise. All right, now here's my point with all this. Whatever little that we have, whatever little we have to offer, 
put it in God's hands, He knows what's happening. He knows what God can do. Because God can take a little and turn it into a lot. Look at one more verse in your sermon notes. This is from Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. What did Jesus say? If you have the faith as a mustard seed, if you have a little faith, God can make anything is possible for you. You see, God turn a little into a lot. That's what we see in Judges chapter 7. That is what we see throughout the entire Bible. And that's what God wants to do in our life. He wants to turn a little into a lot. I'm going to ask you to bow your head, close your eyes. Just a moment, we're going to have a time of prayer, a time of invitation. But before we do, um, I want to ask you, how, how's God speaking to you today? Um, you know, maybe, maybe you, you're sitting out there and um, you know, you, you know that, that we have very little to offer God. We're a lot like Gideon, fears, doubts, weaknesses. A lot of times we just back away. We, we don't even try to serve God. We don't even try to do what He wants us to do. We don't even try to put our little in God's hands. Whatever little you have that's speaking into your heart, whatever little you have to offer, you need to put it into God's hands. There's no telling what will happen. Maybe today you need to come to this altar and pray. Maybe you need to come pray with me. If God can take a little, turn it into a lot. Maybe today you need to come to this altar. You know, maybe your faith is struggling. You just need to come pray that God will give you that, help you have that faith of a mustard seed. A little bit of faith. Because God can do anything with that little bit of faith. How's God speaking to you today? How do you need to respond today? Father, we thank you uh, for this, this look into, into Judges chapter 7, Gideon and his, his small army. Father, there's a powerful message of how you, you turn a little into a lot. That's what we see throughout the whole Bible. Father, that's what you want to do in our lives. Father, we just got to put our little Father, may we do that. Father, for those that are struggling with their faith, Father, I, sometimes we just need that faith of a mustard seed. We can use that little bit of faith. We may tell.
Father, now as we come to this time of invitation, we just ask that you move how you want to move. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Please stand. I can hear.